This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How about those kids, huh? I love watching the next generation, and they should not be robbed of joy in the church, right? And uh, get to celebrate our kids in the church. I love that. Big shout out to Maple Grove and Elk River and those that are Emmanuel at home today. Jody and I are excited about this whole series, Home for Christmas. And of course, we've got one more Sunday and then Christmas Eve, and then bam, we're on it this year. All right, how many of you know I'm ready for Christmas in 2020? There's something good to look forward to. I'm excited about it. And uh, in the series that we're in, we're just in- encouraging you to invite your friends and Family members, this is a great time to come back to church, to come home to church. Whichever avenue you choose to be a part, this is important. We remember the story of Jesus. And today, our preacher is my wife, Jody, And I'm so excited. This year, you may not know that, but Jody went through. She's been ordained this year in the Assemblies of God. And now is an ordained minister of the, the gospel. And uh, she's always been preaching, though. Come on, somebody. In, in my ears, at least. And trying... I'm improving, hopefully, but I believe that you're going to improve a whole lot more today because she's got a word. Would you give it up for Jody this morning as she brings the word? Thank you, honey. I'm like, I'm going to share, right? No. Uh, yeah, Nate, every time I'm like, honey, I just got two cents to say. And he's like, Jody, I'd be rich off of all of your two cents. So, <laughs> all right. So, wasn't it great? Isn't it great to be in church today? It's so good to be together in the presence of the Lord. It's such an awesome privilege we have. And When I was young and a kid, our family didn't go to church. And I remember we were technically bus ministry kids. How many of you have ever heard of a bus ministry? That's like whatever church showed up at the bottom of your driveway to pick you up, that's where you went that Sunday. And I remember there was a pastor's wife down the road, Mrs. Hansen, and she would call our house every Saturday night to see if us kids needed a ride to church. Now, back then, us kids, like, we enjoyed going to church, but we didn't know, we knew we couldn't say no to Mrs. Hansen, but we didn't want to look at the rest of our siblings and say, we just committed us for tomorrow. And so we'd kind of fight over who would answer the phone. But how many are grateful for a persistent pastor's wife that just kept calling and uh, picking us up for church? And then when I was about 12 years old, my parents came to the Lord, and they got saved watching a TV evangelist. And I don't know how many of you are old enough to even remember, but Tammy Faye Baker, uh, you can Google her if you've never heard of her, for all the young people. Uh, But my mom saw her and said, if God could love someone with that much makeup, God can love me. (laughs) And that is no joke. And so my parents gave their hearts to the Lord. And then after that, we ended up at a Baptist church for a couple years. And God bless the Baptists. You get a lot of your Sunday school teaching and I remember we were there for a little while, and uh, my family just kind of got stirred, and like, there's got to be more to this than, you know, getting saved every Sunday. So then we ended up at a Word Faith Church, and that's where I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I really enjoyed that time. I served in the kids' ministry, and then there were some things, and my family's like, I'm not sure I agree with all of this. And so then we left that church, and we ended up visiting different churches in the northern suburbs. I feel like I've visited many non-denominational church church as a kid, and so uh, finally our family didn't go to church anywhere. 
And I remember being in high school, and I'm like, oh, I really want to go to church. And so my siblings and I, I've got a couple of sisters, well, there's five of us, but a couple of my sisters and I, we chose to go to another church for a youth group on Wednesday nights, and we were involved in that for a while, and it was a really great time, but then I graduated from high school. And I wasn't really involved in that church on Sundays, just on their youth ministry, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to do what the rest of my family does. I'm going to stay home and not go to church. Well, I did not go to college right out of high school. I went right into the workforce. And so I remember uh, being at my job, and I loved Jesus, and everybody knew it. And they'd look at me, and they're going, Jody, you're a Christian, and you don't go to church? That doesn't make sense. And when they said that, I knew that they were right. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get a vehicle, I need to find a church, and I need to go to church. And so I did that, and back then we didn't have Google, so I opened up the yellow pages and looked for the biggest ad, and I found Emmanuel. And I showed up here, and praise the Lord, something was different here. I felt instantly at home. I remember looking at the people on the platform, and I'm like, these guys are like normal people. Like, they look just... I mean, some of them kind of look frumpy, if I'm going to be real honest, but I'm like, I can relate to them. This is like home. And so I just remember just being here and just sensing God's presence. I remember a guy by the name of Les Mayo, who was an older gentleman, and he would come and find us, and he would shake our hands every Sunday and say, God bless you. And, you know, I always wondered where he found so many polyester suits. And, um, but God just did something to us. And so when I first started coming, I didn't know anyone here. And I'm kind of shy, and so I talked to my sister, who's a little bit more outgoing than me, and I said, Jill, will you come and help me get connected? She's like, okay. So she comes with me here, and she's like, you're not leaving until you say hi to at least one person. I'm like, oh, I gotta say hi? Okay. So I branched out, and then pretty soon I ended up getting involved as a volunteer in the youth ministry. And I remember sitting, and I, you know, side note, that's where I met Pastor Nate, Nate, my husband. Uh, but side note, I remember sitting in those meetings, the leadership training meetings, and all these people were talking and going, hey, do you remember this? Do you remember when we did this? And there are all these church memories. And I thought, wow, I can't wait to be at this church long enough to have memories with people. And look, 28 years later, here I am. I planted, and I'm so glad I stayed. So it used to be that regular church attenders went to church all the time, at least every Sunday and sometimes two to four times a week. Over the past few decades, church attendance has declined and people have gotten busy. Uh, they began attending less often. Those who used to go multiple times a week now had money and options to do other things. Pretty soon, cabins and vacations and shopping trips and kids' sports and ball games and other activities crowded out the Sunday experience and the midweek experience, for that matter. People began attending churches that offered more convenient service times and less of a commitment to be there. So maybe some aspects of church attendance and the adjustment needed to happen. Because after all, how are we supposed to reach a world that we're not even able to see? But since, uh, statistically, in America, church attendance has decreased nationally dramatically over the last decade. Since the pandemic, sadly, some churches have closed their doors permanently. On average, the churches who have reopened have seen 30 to 50% of their pre-pandemic attendance. Where is it now? Well, Pew Research Survey published an article in August of 2020 
And they said 49% of regular church attenders have completely stopped coming in person and only watch online. 23% of people do a hybrid approach where they're watching partially online and coming sometimes. 19% of people have neither watched online or come. They've just kind of checked out. And 10% of people only come in person. At the same time, the CDC put out a report that said anxiety, depression, and substance abuse has increased dramatically. So, does it matter if we go to church? Maybe I'll just do a house church or watch online. How do we engage in the middle of a pandemic anyhow? What about all the political people in church? I can do without those. Do my kids really need to go to church? The Christmas season is a perfect time for all of us to stop and reflect on the important matters like church and Christian community. Many people make their pilgrimage back to church during the holidays, and Christmas is a perfect time. I remember the first time I came back to church when we reopened after the pandemic. And I stood and I, like, I cried. I remember Pastor Nate jumping on the front row or jumping around the front row going, ah, and he was so excited. Many people come with tears in their eyes the first time. Do you remember the first time you came back after the pandemic? Kind of felt surreal and awesome. So the title of my message for the Home for Christmas series is In the Father's House. In today's passage, we're going to talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy and the birth of their son John, who was the forerunner of Jesus the Messiah. We will see how the temple played an important role in this story. Now, turn, to your Bible, turn in your Bible, if you have it, to Luke chapter 1. Otherwise, you can follow on the app or on the screens. And we're going to read a lengthy passage, but I'm going to insert a few thoughts. Starting in verse 6, Luke 1, 6. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. I thought that was really interesting that there was a great crowd there. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. How many know that that's a good word for this season? Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. That was well played. <laughs> Not calling his wife old. <laughs> then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring this good news. 
But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. Sometimes when we're meeting with God, it's going to take a while. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. When they realized, then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. The scripture shows us four ways to encounter God. First, we encounter God in his house, the church. Zechariah was in God's house. There was a crowd outside praying when he entered the sanctuary, verse 10. And in God's house, Zechariah encountered a heavenly, tangible presence. He was shaken and afraid, yet he was comforted and encouraged and blessed and reassured that his prayers were heard by God. Zechariah received a supernatural direction for his family in God's house. How many of you need a supernatural direction for your family? Well, you can get it today in God's house. His questions were addressed and his doubts were silenced. People were waiting and genuinely excited to hear about his God encounter at God's house. The second thing, we can encounter God in our house. Zechariah completed his time at the temple and he went home and his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. He was silenced and there was no record of, the, of him telling anyone what God had said. What began in God's house transformed his house and his family. Soon after arriving home, she was pre became pregnant and hid herself for five months. So talk about quarantine. Can you imagine hiding your pregnancy for five months? Not in today's social media era. You gotta put the cute, you know, ultrasound pictures out there and tell, you know, take your one, two, three month pictures. But they didn't tell anyone. There was no posting, no gender reveal party, no ultrasound pictures, nothing. She didn't have Instacart or DoorDash. They didn't have Netflix to pass the time. God was active in their lives. And the Bible said that they were righteous. This is a Holy Ghost quarantine. The Holy Spirit was at work, and they were righteous people. In our narcissistic culture of social media and instant fame, it's so tempting to put out the word from the Lord on video and then tell people share it afterwards or buy a t-shirt. They didn't do that. They were hidden and silent. Yet God was still working it out. Verse 20 says, For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Elizabeth gave glory to God for taking away her disgrace. Perhaps this was the prayer that her and Zechariah were praying that the Lord heard when they were in the sanctuary. And here they had wanted kids and didn't have them. And the Bible t says how God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And I just look at this and marvel where they went from being childless to having the forerunner of the Messiah. So God is working behind the scenes, and Zechariah and Elizabeth did not know all the pieces of the rest of the story. God would reveal it in his time and while, they were, while she was secluded. So then verses 25 through 35, um, talks, God sends an angel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary and lets her know 
that she will bear the Son of God, and he also lets her know about her cousin when Mary asks for a sign, and he learns, she learns about her relative Elizabeth's pregnancy. So let's pick up the reading in verse 36. The angel is saying this to Mary. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea in the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Skip down to verse 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. So the third thing, we encounter God in community with other believers. The angel gives the pregnancy announcement and the gender reveal <laughs> to Mary about Elizabeth's pregnancy. And soon, the son would be a sign for Mary what God was about to do. When we are in community with other believers, they confirm the work of God in us. They encourage us. They share in our joy, and they share in our pain. They share in our life. They stayed together for about three months. Now we're going to continue reading this story, picking up in verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbor and neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everybody rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said no. His name is John. What? They exclaimed. There's no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Ah fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout Judea, the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. And the fourth is others encounter God in our obedience. Everybody rejoiced with Elizabeth, verse 57, fulfilling what was spoken by the angel earlier. Then they all came together for the ceremony in verse 59. The community had opinions about the baby's name. But Elizabeth and Zechariah listened to God. They obeyed God's instructions and named him John. Their obedience gave Zechariah his voice back, and he used that voice to praise the Lord. The story that started in God's house, then in Zechariah and Elizabeth's house, then in community with other believers, and now in obedience to impact others. My question for you today, Emmanuel, are you all in? When it comes to encountering God in the Father's house, in your home, 
in community with other believers and in obedience? Are you all in? Have you given yourself an opportunity to encounter God in the Father's house? Going to God's house is a part of righteous living. Psalm 92, starting in verse 12, says this, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. They are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. So did you know that Jesus spent time in the temples and in the synagogues talking to religious leaders when he was here on earth? Even from a young age, he was going in and having conversations. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus was lost for about three days when he was 12 years old, and his parents went frantically searching for him. And he answers them this in Luke 2.49. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. And if Jesus needed to be in the father's house, so do we. During Jesus' time on earth, he established the church. In Matthew 16, verse 18, he was speaking to Peter and he says this, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is the first time the word church was ever used in the Bible, and it was Jesus who said it. The word church is ecclesia. It's a calling out. It's a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation. It's an assembly. It's a church. And afterward, this, this word was mentioned another hundred times in the New Testament. Many of the epistles were written to the church in the New Testament. There were letters that were giving them instructions. Revelations was written to the seven churches. These books often encouraged us and corrected believers on how to live and how to be in community with one another. So Jesus was established as the head of the church in Colossians 1.18. He gave gifts and leaders to the church in Ephesians. Jesus was building all believers to be a part of the church, and that includes you and me, so we can grow. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Now these are the gifts, these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. That's a key of being in the church. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they, that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, when I was a young adult and I was home not going to church, I was like an arm just laying off by myself. But when I got engaged and involved with others, then it's the whole body helping other people grow. Sometimes 
The Bible talks about the church was growing and thousands were added daily of people being saved. In other times, the church was scattered and under persecution. But going to church is a big deal. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Have you encountered God in your home? Have you taken the time to reflect on what he has shown you, and have you silenced yourself long enough to hear him? Solitude helps us to reflect and overcome and gives us time to hear from God. Maybe it's time to silence our social media or turn off the news and turn on uh, our worship music and begin praying. Are you encountering God in community with other believers? Are you in connect group or serving team or in a place where you can encourage and be encouraged? Gathering with other believers helps us reflect on God's word. Pastor Nate always says this, we grow in the context of relationships. So are you encountering God in obedience to his word? And the worship team's going to come and prepare for a special song that we're going to have them sing called The Father's House. And in the middle of a pandemic, we have had an extended time of seclusion. However, it's been way longer than what Zachariah and Elizabeth experienced, and it's been way more interrupted. At the beginning of this message, I talked about my story of not going to church and how desperately I wanted to be connected as a kid and a young adult. adult. But I couldn't just show up and sit here. I had to engage. For those of you who are participating online, what does your pilgrimage back to the house of the Lord look like? What does your pilgrimage to the Father's house look like for you? If you have health conditions or you're in the risk category, you need to continue to be wise. But I would just encourage you to faithfully participate online, look at some online groups that you can get into, and just prayerfully consider at some point, what is it going to look like when you come back? I remember so many of us in here, the tears fill our eyes when we come and we go, I miss this place. And if you've got those conditions, we want you to be safe, but we want you to be connected to the body of Christ. And for those of you who are here at church, what does being plugged into the Father's house look like for you? Maybe it means coming a little bit earlier so you can be here for all of worship. Maybe you are the person who's going to be a host and look for people like me that are coming into this place and say, I want to help that person feel loved and connected. I want to be the normal person that makes this place feel approachable. For those of you here, what does encountering God in your house look like? What does it look like for you to take another step in? Maybe it's going to growth track or signing up to be on a team or looking for online groups. We'll have more of those opportunities after the holidays. So what if we were all in? I asked the worship team to lead our campuses in the song, The Father's House. Listen to this song. There'll be a testimony of a young lady named Alana where she gave her heart to the Lord. She found home here at Emmanuel. And what if we were all in? There'd be so many more people like Alana. So I just encourage you to reflect on this moment and ask God, what does it mean to be in the Father's house and who can you bring with you? Thank you.
so caring and kind and always ask if you have any prayers that you need covered. Everybody just loves everyone here and that's something that I haven't experienced before. Come on, would you stand on your feet today? Cause prodigals come home, the helpless find hope. So love is on the move when the Father's in the room. Come on. And prison doors fling wide, the dead come to life. Love is on the move when the Father's in the room. And miracles take place, the sinner will find faith. And love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. And Jericho walls are quaking, strongholds now are shaking. Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. And love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. Ooh, so lay your burdens down. Ooh, here in the Father's house. So take your shame at the door. Cause it ain't welcome anymore. Ooh, you're in the Father's house. Ooh, you're in the Father's house. Ooh, you're in the Father's house. Wow. What a powerful truth. Jesus came because he cares about people coming home. The beauty of Christmas is not just about the story of a baby who would one day die on the cross for us. It's also that it would provide a way for us to be in a family, to be connected, to not be alone. And in 2020, there are so many people that are alone and they feel disconnected. And I want you to know the good news is Jesus hasn't stopped reaching out to everyone everywhere. Can I get an amen to that? He's not done. And today I know that God is speaking to the hearts of people. It's not just what Jody was saying, it was the truth of the word and the stories just like Alana's might be yours as well. It, it might be your day, your opportunity, just like Alana gave her life to the Lord at the women's event. God may be speaking to you to come home in your faith journey, to come home today. Maybe you've never known Jesus and you it's your time to come back to Christ today. And I don't want to miss this moment because I believe that God is speaking to people in Elk River, in Maple Grove, in Spring Lake Park, and those that are joining online. God is speaking to people. Let's not pass over this. Let's take this moment seriously. In fact, would you just close your eyes right where you're at? I just want to ask you to do something. I want you to just inwardly look and think about the journey you're on. Is today the day for you to take a journey back home? To bow your heart and to surrender to Jesus. If this is your day, you can know Christ. And He forgives of sin. There is no perfect people in church. We're all imperfect who serve a perfect Savior. And He's provided a way for you to come home and this is your moment. I want to lead you in a prayer where you talk to God 
and he hears your voice and then you'll experience the promise of new life through Jesus and I want to lead you in a prayer and I'll give you words to pray but you got to mean it from your heart and if you're coming home to him today or you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time I believe he'll hear you pray so just repeat after me this prayer and everybody else you can join right in with us say Jesus thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth that you died on the cross for my sin and then you rose from the dead and you're alive today I surrender to you I give up trying to run on my own and I'm coming home Lord would you change me from the inside out as I choose to live with you for the rest of my life in Jesus name amen amen, amen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out emmanuelcc.org.